Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. How are you, Hari? Good. We're surviving the uh, the the global pandemic. The global pandemic. On top of that, I'm you know I'm living here in California, and the wildfire is absolutely insane. Yeah, I imagine I mean, you've seen you've seen photos, right? Yeah, in California or San Francisco. I imagine it looks like a orange haze all day long. All day long, all day long. It's actually a health hazard to go outside now because of the microparticles oh, from geez. all the. It's not good. Well, maybe, not good. Maybe it'll kill the COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, trying times for 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 many people. Trying times for this earth, everybody, really. But we're at all time highs in the stock market. So <laughs> all time highs in the stock market. The lit- world is right. literally on fire right now, but we're at an all time high. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Crazy. So in this episode, we will look at this company called. Darden Restaurant. This was one of the companies that was recommended to us by one of our listeners. Again, just quick housekeeping items. I know we talk about this all the time, but just so you know, if new listeners are listening to this podcast, three things. If you want checklist, we go through checklists all the time. So if you want checklists, email, email us at info at valleyinvestor.org. Slack channel, if you want to be part of the community, uh, you can talk to us directly, talk to the community. Uh, again, info at valueinvestor.org. We can send you an invitation. And then lastly, if you'd like us to review your own, your companies that you had in mind, for example, Darden Restaurant or anything else that you have in mind, you can also email us at info at valueinvestor.org and we will put, put them in our backlog and uh, we'll consider them for future episodes. All right. Should we get started, Ari? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, before we do that, let's do a quick disclaimer. Yeah, this is the Value Investor TV podcast. We're a podcast that helps you understand the concepts behind uh, value investing. We don't know your specific financial situation, nor are we financial advisors. So please consult the appropriate uh, advisor before making any investment decisions. All right. All right. Let's go through the checklist here. All right. The first question, what do they do, Hari? What? What is a Darden restaurant? What is it? So Darden Restaurants is a uh, restaurant, multi-brand restaurant chain that operates, uh, you know, um, mid to upscale uh, um, uh, restaurants in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, I'm sorry, full service restaurants uh, in the U.S., Canada, and some uh, smaller presence in the rest of the world. All right, there we go. <laughs> See, I, I can gonna, I, I can do get... it. I can do it, Becco. It's not that hard. You can just one sentence. You don't have to tell me the entire. I was going to get after you if you exceeded that two two sentences. No, I I was like at one and a half, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right, so full service restaurant, uh, big presence here in North America. Some small presence across overseas. Um. And I think their biggest kind of well, most well-known restaurant is Olive Olive Garden. Is that right? Right. So they they operate m- uh, multi uh, multiple brands. Olive Garden being their largest. Um, 
Longhorn Steakhouse, Cheddar's, uh, Scratch Chicken, Yard House, Capital Grill, Seasons 52, uh, Bahama Breeze, and Eddie V's. So um, just as a, as a little bit of... Uh, so they own <clears throat> all but 62 of their 1,804 restaurants are owned by the company. Um, 62 are franchised. And um, this was a company that was actually... Um, Originally under the Red Lobster name, uh, they were acquired by General Mills in 1970, and then they were spun off in 1995 as a, uh, uh, you know, from General Mills. So, and have been operating under, uh, you know, independently of General Mills for the last 25 years. Um, I see. And just a couple other things to kind of give you a, you know, a scope of what this company is, um, you know. These these restaurants that they offer are are called full service restaurants. So there is quick service, um, there's fast casual, and then there's full service restaurants. So full service restaurant means you have a waiter that you know serves you the food, takes your order, and so on. Uh, you know, quick service is something like a is you know what uh, you, you would consider a fast food place like McDonald's, and then fast casual is you order at the you know at the front. Uh, and they either deliver the food to you at the front or they, or you come and pick it up or, you know, somebody dro- drops it off at your table, but there is no, you know, waiter type thing. So this is in the restaurant business. This is the highest level, you know, of service. Makes sense. All right. Let's go to the second question here. Does the company have a competitive advantage? And you know, we go through a checklist here, brands, network effects, switching costs, low cost, intangible assets. So let's just go through uh, the list. Brand. Do they have a brand competitive advantage? Yeah, I think um, if you live in the United States, you've probably heard of or eaten at uh, one of their restaurants, uh, Olive Garden being the most you know popular. Um, you know, they have a fairly strong marketing campaign, you know, advertising campaign campaign. Um, you know, and each each one of their brands is kind of, you know, differentiated from each other. So most people wouldn't know that they're associated with each other. But um, Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, you know, Cheddar's is kind of um, kind of like a Chili's. Um, you know, they serve American food. Uh, those are the three that are probably the most prevalent in the United States. Um, the other ones are kind of, um, you know, smaller chains, but they're more upscale. Yard House, Capital Grill. Seasons 52, Eddie V's, um, these are, you know, these number in the, you know, under a hundred, you know, uh, restaurants. So they may not be as popular, but, um, you know, when you look at them as a, as a whole, you know, I've been eating at Olive Garden for, you know, 25 years, uh, or more, um, they're, they've been around for a long time. I think they have generally have a very good reputation and that brand, um, you know, everybody can remember the never ending pasta bowl or their, you know, their various promotions that they bread do, sticks. the breadsticks, yeah. the uh, salad, um, you know, everybody has a favorite thing there. Um, so it's a pretty, uh, you know, you know, popular restaurant chain. I, I don't really know of, you know, too many people that have a negative opinion of it. Um, or if they do, it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> You know they're in the minority, so I would say if anything, this company's strongest, um, you know, value proposition to the customer is that they're they have a strong brand, um, and you know I, I think part of that branding is to maintain their reputation. They they take their customer service uh, very seriously. They 
Um, you know, they they mention in the annual report how much their food quality means to them. Um, you know, I am not aware of any of you know any of any of their brands having any you know food quality issues like Chipotle had you know a few years ago. Um, so you know they they take their customer service very seriously. I think you know I think it's reflected in their business model. Um, you know because they they th- see their reputation as being very important to them. So. Um, I think brand is, is, is the strongest, you know, of the, of their, their moat. Um, I see. All right. Uh, let's move on to network effects. Is there any network effects? No, there's no, play? there's no benefit here of, uh, network effects, um, of, uh, you know, cause they're not really a tech company. Uh, you know, they have limited, uh, benefit here from, you know, uh, you know, of their name recognition. So I, I don't see that as being an, uh, you know, a, a factor. All right. Uh, third one, switching costs. Is there any switching costs incurred on me? If I, sh- you know, if I go eat at one of the Darden restaurants versus going to somewhere else? Uh, no. So obviously if you're, you're <laughs> free to eat at any restaurant you want, you know, they don't come and break your kneecaps. If you, uh, you know, switch restaurants. Um, so there, there's no benefit there, um, you know, and they don't have, you know, anything other than you need your fix of breadsticks. You know, that's that's the only thing there. All right. Uh, next one, low cost. Are they, do they are, you know, do they have low cost moat? So I, I will say that there is, it's not necessarily that it's a low cost mode. They, they are a very profitable business, a very profitable enterprise. I think you could argue that they are able to charge a premium uh, for their food because of their brand and their quality. Um, and I think that because of their scale, that allows them to buy, um, you know, they, they, they talk about their supply chain that they buy from, you know, 25 different countries. You know, they have a... Um, I'm sorry, they have greater than 1,500 suppliers from 35 different countries, uh, and they use long-term contracts to help manage their costs, and they own their own distribution uh, company uh, called Darden Direct Distribution uh, Distributors, but they use third-party companies to deliver the food. Um, so, you know, they, they have some scale that allows them to keep their costs low. Mm-hmm. Do they have any... <clears throat> I'm I'm just thinking through the brands that that this company has, Olive Garden and all these other companies. Is there any sort of thread, like a common thread of these re- of these restaurants, or is it just kind of, you know, there's no commonality here? Well, so what they do is, you know, um, several of these brands have been, uh, you know, Olive Garden and uh, Seasons Fifty Two and Bahama Breeze were all companies that they are brands that they started. Um, they've acquired the rest of them. So Longhorn, um, the latest one acquisition was Cheddar's in 2017. Uh, prior to that, Longhorn Steakhouse, Yard House, Capital Grill, um, and Eddie V's were all acquired between, so um, yeah, between 2003 and 2017. So in the last mm-hmm. you know 20 years, they've basically acquired many of these brands. So you know they've i think they've integrated the supply chains once they've come on board to save money um they talk about their management uh, having a training program you know i think to to maintain the quality and 
surprisingly, their managers stay there for a very long time, right? So I think this is a part of their moat is that uh, the employer employees are happy working there. Um, you know that that allows them to maintain a high level of customer service. You know, so 13 years, I think, is how long their their average uh, uh, time that their their management team has been with the company. So, um, you know, they do this 12 week training program and they kind of, you know, keep them there for a very long time. Mm, I see. And then one other factor I think that'll, you know, plays into this mode is also, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've been to a Olive Garden in the last, you know, few years, they have these kiosks where you can check out and, you know, they, they talk about their own data center where they keep track of what are the trends of things that, you know, people like, you know, food wise and stuff like that. And they use that to monitor and, you know, do promotions and also, you know, bring people into the, the restaurant. And I think that's largely been successful because they use the the food, you know, the, the information that they collect on the food to make, you know, to do promotions and things like that. So I, I think it is, you know, this is something that, they are able to lower their cost, you know, uh, over a large scale that, you know, a mom and pop restaurant that they would compete with doesn't have, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So some some degree of maybe not low cost as a as a mode in of itself, but baked in uh, ec- economies of scale because they have because they have all the logistics figured out for all these different restaurants. Correct. All right. So the last one here is intangible assets. Do they have any intangible assets that you you would consider as a competitive advantage? Well, I, I mean, I think we talked about the the high quality management training that they do and keeping track of their management. Um, uh, you know, keeping them there for a long period of time. They have their executives are with the company. You know, their current CEO was with um, the parent company of Longhorn Steakhouse. Um, so Longhorn and Capital Grill were part of this company called Rare uh, Specialty Foods. And, you know, the CEO, current CEO was a uh, president or, you know, an executive there. And he kind of, uh, when they acquired them, they kind of uh, moved up the ranks and is now the CEO for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I think they, they've they maintained a good corporate culture uh, and, you know, have been able to maintain that uh, for a long period of time. So I think that is a intangible asset, um, mm. you know, so it's a very, very competitive business, right? Um, you know, right. very, very difficult to, to edge out anyone. But I, I think as much as they can, they have done that. Sounds good. Okay. So just to quickly recap brand, obviously, I think that's a big one. Everyone knows Olive Garden, everyone long, everyone knows long, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse. No network effect, no switching cost, but some degree of low cost baked in because of the uh, economies of the scale. And then lastly, intangible asset because uh, the corporate culture and, and the management has been there for a long time. Industry veterans, they know what they're doing. So, you know, that, that sort of summarizes all the moments that you talked about there, Hari. Yep. All right. Perfect. Let's move on to the, the next question. How durable is the competitive advantage? Well, I mean, prior to COVID, I would have said it's it's a pretty solid, you know, thing, right? Um, people are going to restaurants. They've been going to restaurants for a very long time. You know, most restaurants have a limited lifespan, less, you know, five, 10 years at most. Um, you know, Olive Garden has survived through a very long, you know, stretch of time, right? You know, they've been around for, you know, 40 years at this point. 
So I, I would say 40 plus years. I, I would say that the the likelihood of them, um, you know, they're, they're going to survive COVID. I think the moat will stay intact. I don't think this is, you know, I, I know people who still eat at Olive Garden, you know, through DoorDash or, you know, whatever the the various services are. So it's going to be a temporary hit for them. Um, and I don't see that the moat is really going to lose out. They may have to close some restaurants because of underperformance, but I think that those will come back um, when the, the economy comes back. Okay. All right. So the next question, what are the company's long-term prospects and runway for growth? So, you know, the they said up until uh q3 so q3 was prior to covid uh their 2020 fiscal year ends in may of 2020 uh or may of every year but um sales were up four percent through the third quarter um and the summer months actually represent you know seasonally one of their lower you know it's the second lowest fall is the lowest um and then winter and spring are the highest you know uh times that people eat out um and so this is not a fast growing business anymore, right? You, you, if you think about a restaurant chain, you know, they have numerous uh, brands that they could expand through, uh, you know, Cheddar's is not in many places. I, I don't even know if there is one around us in Houston uh, or if it is, it's out in the suburbs. Um, and some of these others like Yard House and Bahama Breeze, um, you know, they're not in, you know, anywhere near me. Um, so Part of this is is kind of there is room to expand in these things, but they don't represent, you know, Olive Garden by itself is a more than half of their stores. It's not going to be easy to. Um, I'm sorry, it's it's it is less than half their stores, but you know, Longhorn Steakhouse is already 500 stores. Cheddar's is only 165, so I don't think Cheddar's and Olive Garden really compete with each other. So they could theoretically ramp up you know, their Cheddar's locations to kind of hit some similar level, but they didn't actually talk a lot about that. So it's hard for me to say what the final tally is for restaurants, but mm. I, I think four to 5% is probably what we're going to have to live with for a company like this. I see. And you mentioned that there's a small presence outside of the U S and outside of the sort of the U S North America market. It does that, how does that play into the long-term prospects here? So they don't really talk about those. Um, U.S. and Canada seems to be their primary focus, and it's really the U.S. And you know, they mentioned a few store, a few restaurants in the Philippines and other mm. places, but I, I don't see those as, you know, I, I think they probably did those as test runs and not, you know, kind of long-term, you know, mm. growth things. So, I see. Okay, um, moving on. Does the company require a lot of capital reinvestment to maintain its business? Can it grow without any further reinvestment? So, um, you know, this is an asset. It's not heavy, but it, it has assets that need to be replaced. Um, you know, they remodel restaurants all the time, you know, try to make the decor. Um, you know, the Olive Garden that I've, uh, when I when I was younger, I grew up with, um, you know, I, I've seen them remodeled it at least three times, you know, in the last 30 years. So, you know, they've clearly are keeping things up to date. They've maintained a high level of, you know, um, quality in their stores. So that's where they spend. Um, you know, they mentioned that um, 
it takes about six months to open a new restaurant. Um, but they've, they've kind of, you know, the number of openings is, is pretty low. So there's a net hmm. new opening of about 18 stores. Um, I think largely because of COVID, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, I'm not super, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, for a company that has about, uh, 1200, you know, um, so 1. 1.2 billion in cash flow from operations, they're generating about 450 million in CapEx. So they do require some amount of money, about a third of their cash flow goes back to maintenance hmm. i see and and that sort of matches up with the depreciation it's actually a little bit higher than depreciation but they don't break out their capex as growth and and otherwise so i, I what i would say is that um that number seems reasonable given their you know their expenses and uh and so forth i see all right so moving on so actually, just to recap really quick, it sounds like uh, require capital reinvestment of about a third is what you're seeing here. Yep. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of capex. All right. So moving on, does the company have any red flags in terms of relationships, customer, suppliers, employees, regulators, community? Is there anything else that you'd see that you want to you know you want to highlight here? So no, not really. I mean. One, you know, COVID is was clearly a big problem um, in terms of you know sales. Uh, during the fourth quarter, their revenue was down by forty three percent due to COVID. By the end of the Q four, so end of May 2020, 89 percent of their stores had reopened, um, and they were back to break even. So they had to furlough employees. They had you know some some issues there, uh, and they had to delay non essential capex. They essentially suspended their dividend, their share repurchase. So my my biggest concern there is that, um, you know, are they going to be able to bring back employees quickly? Um, mm. You know, when they, you know, and I don't think we're seeing the, you know, 100% of, you know, revenue, you know, back, to, you know, to where it was uh, pre-COVID. So, you know, I, I imagine that the, you know, people are, are going to want to come back to, you know, to eat when uh, things get back to normal, but they are not, you know, that, that would be my only concern. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive, actually, to me, at least 89% reopening and then they're breaking even already, right? I mean, I think that's a pretty impressive number. From- well, and I think that was largely because they, they were pretty early on furloughed their employees. I mean, obviously, what do you do with a hourly worker who is when the, the restaurant is closed, right? Your wait staff, those folks aren't really going to be able to do much. Um, so the people that were working were the people preparing the food, um, you know, their, their sales folks, uh, or I'm sorry, their, uh, executives and so forth, their, their general managers, they were all working. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't really see a lot of, um, but I, like I said, I, I don't see any problems with regulators. Uh, I don't see any problems with the community. They seem to have a good reputation. So, uh, you know, no, no red flags. Sounds good. Okay. Awesome. That brings us to the end of the first episode. We talked about 
we talked about Darden Restaurant, what it is, uh, competitive advantage, the brand, the low cost, intangible assets, uh, and then the aspect of the capital reinvestment to grow the business, and then you know no red flags in terms of relationships. So that sort of covers the basis for the first part of this, uh, going through just the business side of Darden Restaurant. Uh, in the second episode, we will dive into financials, management, and valuation. So stay tuned for the next episode if you want to continue learning about Darden. All right. Any last words, Hari? No, I think in the next episode, we'll just kind of uh, talk about the valuation and uh, some other stuff that, um, you know, about profitability and things like that. So... Stay tuned. Awesome. Thanks, everyone.